You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Tahavat uh, Hossein, PhD, PE. Uh, He's a professor in the Department of Civil Engineering, University of Texas at Arlington. And we're going to be talking about uh, using recycled plastics uh, to integrate into our road system, which is a really cool idea. So, Tahavat, uh, thank you for coming. How are you doing today? Thank you very much, Richard. Yeah, I'm doing fine. And I'm happy to be here talking to you today. Yeah, so tell me, how did uh, the idea of, you know, uh, using recycled plastics to improve our roads come to you? Uh, you know, I did my uh, PhD back in 2002 from North Carolina State University. And uh, my research work was bioreactor landfill. When I worked on the landfill, there was quite a few issues. One of them that was striking, that when you throw the plastic or plastic bottles, any kind of plastic in the landfill, it takes a lot of space in the landfill and they don't degrade. Because they don't mm. degrade, you know, that's a problem for the landfill because it takes up a lot of space and it interferes with the degradation of others. Now, right. because of their non-degradability behavior, it's bad if it goes to the landfill. On the other right. hand, when you apply the same behavior, like uh, non-degradability, nature of plastic non-degradability, if we put it in the civil engineering infrastructure and they don't degrade, that's a perfect solution for many civil engineering problems. Because oh, you know, that's funny. In, it's funny. It's uh, it's bad if we have materials that don't degrade in the landfill, but if we mm-hmm. had a bridge, for instance, that never degraded, that would be good because yes. we wouldn't have to repair it and fix it. That's that's really cool. That duality that you thought of that. So with that idea, when I started working at UTA. I was trying to work on you know, many research projects. One of the ideas came to me, and I saw they use recycled plastic pin. It's like 4 inch by 4 inch by 10 feet long. It's like a column. They okay. have been used heavily on backyard slope, backyard fencing, you know, column for backyard fencing. But in 1999, okay. University of Missouri, Columbia, they used those pins for slope, highway slope. You know, when you drive through the highway, both sides mm. of the road, you have the slope. So those slopes fail a lot. And the cost to repair them is significant. Even in Texas, where I'm originally located at, you know, it's, uh, they, their budget for slope repair is more than $100 million a year. I think and from what me- I understand, um, the mechanical properties and the stress properties and all that of recycled materials, it's much more heterogeneous. You know, it's, it's not as dependable as, let's say, virgin steel, so that makes it difficult to use 
recycled products in some of these applications. Is that right? Not really. If you use oh, the okay. <laughs> if you use the steel, if you use the steel, they corrode in the civil engineer under the ground. If right. you use wood, they also degrade. So if you use concrete, there is an issue of the corrosion in if you use concrete. But plastic, they are non-degradable. They don't corrode, and there is no issue with you know any of the decomposition. So when you put but are the, the plastic, uh, are, but are the properties yeah, um, the properties knowable? You know the shear strength, the compression strength, the uh, tensile strength. Point. The, for the slope repair, the type of strength it requires, it has more than the strength that we need. So when you put the pin in the slope, even if it moves one inch to two inch, there is absolutely no issue with the buckling or anything on the plastic pin. Okay. So that's the application of the side slope for highway, number one. Number two, since 2017, China banned, you may be familiar with the idea that you know they banned the plastic. They didn't ban it. They said they will not take any recycled material from U.S. or anywhere around the world if the mm. contamination is more than 0.5%. So to yeah, give you an idea... So that, uh, that required us to figure out other ideas for some of our plastic waste. Exactly. So if you have... If, so far, what people have done, what about the recycled plastic? We shipped it to China. That was our main market. Nobody tried to find out the new application. Now, with the right. China ban, you know, everybody needs to look into what are the other choice. So other than plastic pin, many you know Europeans are trying to use it as a mix for the highway, concrete material. Like you have the asphalt road, right? In the asphalt, you are mixing it with the asphalt yeah. and aggregate. You're trying to replace the asphalt with the plastic. Now that's called plastic okay. road. They, it has been used in India. It has been used in some of the European countries on a test basis. Oh. But India is using extensively now for their road network to design the actual asphalt road instead of asphalt, they're using plastic. What, and, is the, what kind know, of properties does it have? Does it tend to off gas? You know, what if there's, um, it gets really hot outside, you know, in India it does get very hot depending on where you yes. are, but uh, is, does any of the plastic reach the melting point or close to it? No, not really. We are so far the application area they had, they didn't have any issue with the melting. So, okay. you know, Asphalt and plastic, they are not very much different, you know, from their characteristics. But do we have all the required properties needed before we start application? At this point, no. Do we have the potential that it can be used in the highway network heavily? Yes. Many universities, including UTA, are doing the research on the mixed design. What kind of mixed design we need if we replace asphalt with the plastic? Hmm. So, you know, people are working heavily on it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, everything degrades at least somewhat. You know, concrete will wear away and then it gets to the rebar and rust. You know, it'll crumble and mm-hmm. roads get potholes and steel corrodes. You know, what happens with plastic? How does it uh, you know, erode or decay under conditions over time? What, what happens to it? In the, if we use it as a pavement material instead of asphalt pavement, if we use it as a plastic pavement, you know, to be frank with you, yeah. we know the potential is there. But do we, you are asking all the right questions. Do we have the answer right now? No. Are we looking for the answer? Yes. People are working on it. I think we are two to three years away to have we have most of the answer that you are looking for. But okay. people, you know, in India, do you think they have all the answers? You know, they tested in few of the roads and they say it's working. They started application immediately because they have a lot of plastics and they need a lot cool. of, you know, material for reuse. 
Now, I think yes. they started doing a lot of tests now, but they're applying it in their vote. <laughs> they have some preliminary number, they saw some success, they started using it. But they don't have scientifically proven all the numbers, all the questions that you are asking that you can give answers. Right. Well, what but about uh, has... composite materials? Is it possible to mix um, concrete with plastic in a certain percentage? And how would that change the material properties? You know? Yeah, you're asking a good question. Do I have the answer right now? No. I can give you the common sense answer, but the scientifically proven numbers, test results, we don't have them yet. We are working on them. Yeah, the idea would be to have 100% plastic, but, you know, short of that, I mean, you know, I'm imagining what if you had steel and you were able to do a passivity layer of plastic over it to reduce the corrosion, or, you know, if you couldn't do all plastic, you could do, you know, 3 4 5%, let's say, or maybe hopefully much higher, you know, integrated with uh, concrete or asphalt concrete. To, to improve the material properties of it. So that's, that's just yes. my thoughts. Now, you, to answer your question, I have an answer for that. Can you use 100% yeah. plastic? Europe, there are some roads they are using 100% plastic. But remember, those are for, you know, walkaway, pedestrian walkaway. Oh, walkway? Yes. Right. And for mm. cycling roads. Now, if you use a main highway or 100% plastic, what is going to happen? Plastic, the surface is, you know, very smooth. Even if you make it rough, the friction that we need to drive a very high-speed road, it's not there yeah. yet. So, but the, the, but I thought the problem is the, um, the reliability of the feedstock. You know, if I have, let's say, five different kinds of plastics, mm-hmm. and, I, and I say, I only want uh, these three. Let's say I mm-hmm. say... Uh, I can only make the road out of these three plastics. I still need to control for the mixture of the three, let's say. And, you know, what if the plastics are contaminated to the to the degree where they compromise the properties of the road? You know, if the mm-hmm. uh, friction coefficient goes way up or way down or the melting point is altered or, you know, the uh, the shear stress goes way down before the road buckles or, you know, it, it just seems like it's hard to control the material properties. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure whether you are an engineer or not, but you are asking questions like engineer and scientist. <laughs> these are these are excellent questions. Yes, all well, I know just enough questions... to be dangerous. That's why. But... <laughs> yes, yes. All of your questions are valid. Do we have the answer? No. How do we get hmm. the answer? We need to come up with. You know, you have a first point. One, what kind of plastic we use, right? Most likely, right. we are going to end up using HDP plastic because they have very high strength. Okay, hmm. and now. If we have HDP, what kind of plastic that we have that where we can get HDP and other materials similar to that? So all these things will be answered through one thing, that is the mix design. How do we design the mix with aggregate and concrete uh, plastic in a way that our strength will be higher? Do we need to add some additives? Can we have some concrete mix in this design? So I know there are a few universities, including us, we are ex- working extensively on the uh, mix design. Once you right. get the right mix design, you know what is the strength, you know what is the melting point, then you will start applying them in the actual road and see how it behaves. Hmm. So okay. until and unless we figure out the mix design, some people are using, you know, based on their common sense and their preliminary number. There was a research project, you know, one of the chemical company, I forgot the name, they sent me the they used it one of the road in Texas. Behind their okay. warehouse, they have it uh, half a mile road made with plastic, and mm. they had some mixed. I gotcha. Okay. Oh, so, dog yeah, so in dog India, chemical. it's a dog chemical, you know, DOW dog chemical. Okay. They had that, a road, and, you know, in Texas, 
Now they're saying, you know, they say they also worked on a project in Indonesia, and they are also related with the project that's been done in uh, India. Okay. But they so what are have they trying... discovered by having that road, like uh, there and in India? You said a few roads are in use. So what kind of things have they discovered from the roads? Now, and again, they are not going to say officially India. You know, the regulation is a little bit, you know, not very stringent. So right. even if you don't have the exact number, you can apply it. Now, they're right. giving those examples and make it a half-mile road in the USA just to convince the policymaker that maybe it can be used. But are mm -hmm. they recommending to use it right away? No. Why? Because they are working on the mixed design. Everybody is working on the mixed design. Why? You know, every year there are millions of tons of plastic that used to go to, you know, China. Now, China right. is not taking this plastic. So you have a tremendous right. volume that's sitting in here and you don't have no application or no use for it. So like the waste management and the public service, they have a lot of uh, MARF, you know, clean MARF, where they sort the plastics. After right, sorting, materials, they're resources. Just storing the, yes, now after that, they're just, you know, storing the material. They don't have a buyer. So if there is no application, in some cases, they are willing to give it free because they want to get out of it their storehouse. That's cool. If they cannot figure out the application, if they cannot figure out what to do with it, all of this will end up going to the landfill. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, based on the current trend, you know, on the other hand, <clears throat> I can tell you, if there are some smart entrepreneurs, young guys who knows about the application of plastics and reuse of the plastic material, because your raw material is very cheap right now. Because yeah, you know, I have a... The, I have a... A quick, a quick question. I, you know, I just thought about this. Does anyone sort and then create a segregated landfill where each cell has only one type of material? Because in the hopes that in the future you'll at least have a quote-unquote, you know, virgin source of a given <laughs> plastic type. Like landfills, yeah, I, they, I guess they just throw it all into cells. They don't care if it's mixed. But is anyone doing a segregated landfill? No. If you do the segregation, let's say, you know, that's why the, remember I said MARF, MRF, Material Recovery Facility? Some right. places people are using the MRF, dirty MRF to segregate the material. Once you segregate, if there is plastic, they send it for recycling. They are not sending it to the landfill cell. Only no, the leftover material. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if this would be ridiculous, but let's say you had a, a grid of 100 cells and mm. you, you decided I'm only going to put one type of waste in each cell. And the next layer up, you know, the, the cell on top of the old cell is still the same material. And again, and again, and again. So if later on you wanted to harvest a certain material, you could dig down and go mm -hmm. through the cell, through the next cell, through the next cell, next cell, and you could be sure to get the same material. So it would be like a, a you know, a, a, a particular storage for later. You know, we, we don't have a use for it now, but why not store it in that way? So later it and could be used. Yes. Yeah. You are right. Whatever you are saying, digging, that's known as the concept called landfill mining. Some people are doing it because, you know, landfill space, if you go to California or New York, land is very expensive, right? And right. many cases, those landfills are getting filled up and they don't have a place to put the new waste material. So the concept of landfill mining is going to come very soon for a sustainable solution. Because whatever you dig out, you try to, what was not recycled before, you, after digging out, you can recycle them. Now, mm. is there a landfill when you have segregated cell? No, not really. I'm, I'm not in my knowledge. There is a segregation of, you know, there are two kinds of waste. One is household waste, another is construction of demolition waste. Right. There are certain landfills 
they will separate between the two msw west and cnd west but mm. within the msw west do we have the segregation between plastic metal and others no they all go as a mixed west okay. just to answer your question gotcha. hmm. but yeah, it would make landfill mining uh, a lot easier if it was segregated like that it would turn landfill mining into landfill shopping if you had it segregated nicely you know Yes, yeah, but you know, if you can spend that much of money upfront for the segregation, you're not going to put them inside landfill. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, shame. So, yeah. um, so, so, how far away are we from being able to, uh, you know, find the right mixture for roads? You know, so that I uh, think they can, we're not you know, very far. Maybe maximum, more. maximum two years, not more than that. And some people can even okay. come up with before that. Because well, you remember, the roads are, you know, this is a health and, I mean, this is a serious safety factor, right? You don't want to put something on the road and there are crash and skidding increases by 100%. So even if someone comes with a mixed design, they will be very careful to apply it in the actual road. So they want to test them. We make some actual pavement and to do the, you know, research on them. Mixed design will be having very soon. But to apply actual road in USA, because, you know, rules and regulation, everything is very strict, you know, so they're going to take some time to apply it. But mixed design, right. I think we'll, we are going to be there very soon, within one, two years. There is absolutely no doubt. Hmm. Okay. What and is it the, can uh, really absorb a lot of plastic. Go ahead. Yeah. What's, all right, so how much plastic could it use and what would be the uh, savings? What would that look like? Saving, I don't know, but plastic, you can use, you know, as much you're producing the amount of road. And, you know, if we include the recycled plastic pin for the slope stabilization, you can absorb almost 100%. I have absolutely no doubt if the government policy or the state or local cities, they give some incentive for the entrepreneurs who are using this recycled plastic, there is a 100% absorbable market in the USA. Mm. You don't have to. Only problem is nobody thought through the solution because, you know, we are reliant on China. Everything is built, just send it to China. So nobody right, tried to right. look into the local option. But do we have, let's say we don't have the mixed design for road. Can we use a lot of pin for highway slope stimulation? Yes. Can you use this plastic pin for backyard fencing and column for fencing? Yes. There, there is a lot of, there is a company in California, one in Minnesota, that we work heavily with the Minnesota company. They are using right. it for parks, roads, you know, backyard fencing, wall building, lot of application. And uh, I went to Colombia in 2017. There was a group came and showed the plus application of plastic. They built basically the entire house, entire house, every component of the house using plastic, recycled plastic. Oh wow! The column, the side wall, the roof. Everything made out of recycled plastic. Well, all materials off-gas to a certain extent. So, has anyone looked at how much? You know, what is the off-gas uh, component and what kind of uh, chemicals are coming off of it versus, you know, traditional materials off-gas too, paints and you know, uh, mm. drywall and all that. But has anyone looked at that? I talked to the company in Colombia. I asked them, "Do you have any issue with the anything emission or anything based on?" You know, I haven't verified their data, but they said they had absolutely no issue. And they are not just showing the model. They are already building the houses, the entire house using recycled plastic. Okay. All right. You know, so do we have the, you know, market or application, not only on the for the road, many other applications of the recycled plastic? Yes. Do we have the policy in place for the new entrepreneurs who want to take this venture or incentive in place? No. 
But I think, you know, state and local agencies are going to, you know, deal with it. You know, there was a problem with uh, Houston. They have a lot of recycled plastic. Because of China ban, there was a policy they were going to make, you know, uh, put the cost on taxpayers. If they could not recycle the plastic more, they are going to charge more money for collection of the recycling. And it became a big issue there because nobody liked it. The resident say, you know, we don't want to pay more for it. If you cannot pass the cost to the taxpayers, and if you cannot find the use, it's going to put a heavy burden on the city, city officials. So if they want to get rid of that burden, if they want to make it a profitable venture, it's a problem right now, but we can easily convert it into a solution. (laughs) Because this plastic, the application of plastic in local roads, highways are tremendous. Only thing they have to create the market. They have to create the you know policy for this so that local entrepreneur can get into the business. And people need to know. Well, what's, what, what's the estimate on the number of tons of plastic that would be saved, or other metrics on the savings? Uh, if you look, um, the amount of plastic is generated around in the US around ten to twelve percent, and total volume of plastic weight-wise is around two hundred fifty ton per year. So 10 to 12 percent of that is 25, or, you know, 25 million ton. Oh wow! <laughs> so yes, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know, the volume is huge. I mean, if we look at it, you know, on a household level, that's not much. But if you look at the poor uh, entire country, 250 million tons are generated a year. Out of that, even right. if 10 percent is 25 million ton. And plastic yeah. materials are okay. relatively lightweight. Even with that lightweight material, is 25 million tons. So uh, okay. if if these waste recycling companies, they cannot find a buyer or market, anybody who is getting into this business now, they're going to get the price relatively cheaper for them to make it a product. Right. You know, so, yes, can we use it for road? Absolutely, without any question. Do we have the scientific data to start using it right away? No. But we still, we have the data for, you know, for highway side slope, for recycled plastic pin that we are using for side slope, recycled plastic pin that you are using as a backyard column, recycled plastic pin that we are using for the jetty construction near the water body because they don't corrode. There is no effect of saline water on the plastic. Right. So other than highway, there are a lot more applications using oh. the recycled plastic pin. And the market is tremendous. There is, you yeah. know, I have absolutely no doubt, you know, whoever gets into the recycled plastic business, they can be millionaire in a few years. Gotcha. So there is tremendous opportunity for a small business. And I work with, you know, African countries. I work with Ethiopia, Nigeria, Tanzania. Few of the countries yeah. I visited, there are some, you know, local entrepreneurs who are just collecting, you know, their job is only one thing. Collect the plastic bottle from the road. That's it. They just collect yeah. the plastic bottle and sell the plastic bottle to the recycle market. There is one person I know, he started with two small vans. You know, this is like auto rickshaw in India and Bangladesh. He started with two vans, and in two years, he had, you know, around 50 trucks just to collect mm. this recycled plastic. Okay. Because if you can collect them, you know, and there is a tremendous market in developing countries for the plastic. Plastic, availability of good plastic, you know, is not much there in those developing countries. So any plastic they get, they, it's, it's 100% absorbed in the market. Right, because they don't have excess like here. Okay. They don't have excess. But USA have excess, right? 
Now, let me give you another yeah. application. You know, I'm giving a lot of business ideas without any money. <laughs> Let's say, you know, in summer, in USA, look at US culture. Summer, everybody goes to the beaches, right? It's a yeah. very common thing. People are going to beach and, you know, so in the beach, what kind of sandal or, you know, slippers you want to wear? You don't want to wear leather, right? You don't want to wear the fancy. But if you wear the plastic sandals, that will be perfect for water, right? There is no problem with walking in the beach with the plastic sandals. Right, supposedly, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. if you just make the plastic sandals using, you know, count number of people goes to the beach and they will buy one pair in a year, you will see the volume is tremendous. Huh. So there is a company in Ghana, there is a guy who is making, you know, slippers out of this plastic and selling them. And Ghana is along right. the coast, along the coast, you know, so they have a lot of beach guards during the summer and throughout the year. So the plastic sandals and slippers are, you know, uh, have a hot market. It's a hot commodity there. Well, I've heard of, uh, you know, plastics being reused and to make park benches and things like that. And some people call it down cycling and they, mm. they wish they could reuse them in a, you know, for a higher and better use. But maybe there just hasn't been enough thinking on how we could reuse different plastics and different applications. You are absolutely right. Why? Because our market was whatever the recycle, you know, waste management companies, what did they send? Send it to China. Right. So they don't have to think. Whatever is generated, you know, sort it, bail it, ship it to China. That was the conventional thinking. Very few percentages were used locally. So nobody thought mm. about, you know, you're right. The thought was not there before how to reuse them locally. And this okay. is, a, you know, a perfect solution, you know, that local entrepreneur can take advantage of. They can make a business out of it. So what, what do you want your role to be? Or what is your role so far in all of this? My role and the way I see myself, I'm going and presenting my idea of reusing the plastic. And I'm not only telling them you reuse. I am using the recycled plastic bin for fixing the highway slopes in TexDOT, Texas Department of Transportation. Why? The conventional solution. If let's say you have to fix a highway slope of 200 feet length, it failed. The conventional solution will cost you, for example, $800,000. If we use the recycle, and it will take around two to three months to fix it with a conventional solution. If we use the recycled plastic pin, we just push the soil in the fell area and push the pin in. It takes only two weeks and costs only 20% of the conventional solution. So you're hmm. saving, you're looking at almost 80%. Your 800,000 road will cost you maybe you know, 150 to $200,000 to fix it. Yeah. So if you live, look at the saving side, you're saving almost 75 to 80%. And this That's is great. a sustainable okay. green solution. It's a sustainable green solution. Why? Plastic, hmm. if you send it to the landfill, it takes more space and never degrades. That's a problem in landfill. You put the same plastic in the highway slope, it doesn't degrade. It's a great solution because you don't want to put something in the slope that will fail after 10 years. Right. So this also, is one it, example. It, then you don't need to use other materials, so it reduces the yes. demand for virgin, virgin materials. It reduces, the, it reduces the demand on the virgin material. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> so this is mm -hmm. one example. You know, And if uh, now after the success in TextDot, there I have contact, people are contacting me from more than 10 different states. They want to use this recycled plastic pin for their slope. If Even if we use the recycled plastic only for slope, and if we want to demand, meet the demand for national demand, we won't be able to meet the national demand. Huh. So my point is, yes, we are generating millions of tons 
can we apply them locally? Do we have a market for it? Absolutely. So I am going to yeah. many national and international conferences and presenting this idea that, you know, this is the time that you should, you know, start getting into this recycled plastic business. So I am yeah, no, kind of, without being involved in any business, without getting the benefit from any business, I'm just promoting because this is a sustainable solution. That's my job. Right to promote the new technology, promote the new ideas, which works. Okay. Well, very good. So what's the best way for people to uh, find out more about you or, uh, you know, maybe see a talk that you've given or, you know, just uh, get in touch to ask questions, propose ideas? Podcasts like yours, podcasts like yours, <laughs> where people will okay. listen to them. And I have, you know, they can always visit my website. And I am a director of a center that is uh, Solid West Institute for Sustainability. And short form, we call it Swiss. Okay, very good. Okay. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for your call. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.